This is Radio Taiwan International. Thanks for joining us here today at RTI. In just a moment, we're going to have for you Hashtag Taiwan with Leslie Liao. We'll be talking about a TV station closure and also status update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, November 23rd, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In hot seat number one, we have Leslie Liao. Leslie Liao, indeed. And I, I believe it's the only hot seat. <laughs> I believe it is the only hot seat. Hey, now, I got a hot seat over here, too. Oh, you do? Yes. But it you're is... in the host seat. Oh, right. Right. Okay, I'll take that. There you go. And in the host seat today, we have Andrew Ryan, the Crocos. Woo! We need a soundboard. We do. We need, like, the audio version of Jazz Hands. Like a Jumbotron soundboard? Yes. That would be very good. We need to have one of those, like, keyboards like uh, they have on uh, Taiwanese variety shows. Oh, yeah. I could play one right now, but it would turn off the music for our show, so maybe I'll... Let's not do that. This is pleasant music. You know what's going to happen is we're going to talk for another minute and uh, 17 seconds. We're going to ramble. <laughs> and then I'll be able to play a sound effect for you, naturally. So in our show today, uh, we are going to be talking about the Golden Horse Awards. Did you watch the show? I did not, but I heard there was a very big win in there. One, one, a big winner. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. I was like screaming. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, um, I get excited when I watch award ceremonies on TV. Great. Um, so I'm going to tell you all about that and why it's so exciting. I've seen so many Taiwanese movies lately. I mean, those are the only movies really coming out. True, because this is the only place where you're getting an actual audience in the cinema. Yeah. With a mask on, of course, but... Uh, I'll tell you about some of the movies I've seen. Also, Leslie's going to be talking about drones. Mm -hmm. uh, like drones. He'll be droning about drones. I'll be droning on about drones. <laughs> um, almost half of Taiwanese adults are overweight. Apparently. That's a new what? report. Oh, my goodness. We have so many interesting things to tell you all about in our show today. Um, actually, I'm curious to hear what you're going to say about that. Because you lost a ton of weight in the last year. Yeah, but I didn't think... I don't know. I thought I was. I thought I was going from the minority into the majority, but apparently, I went from the majority to the minority. Interesting, huh? You're special, Leslie. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was a good one. Um, wait, I have. I was looking for some fun sound effects. What we we did anybody like to hear a fun sound effect? Um, oh, we have these? I had no idea. In my special secret folder oh, over here. Oh, it's over. Uh, it is over. Uh, let's see what we have here. My, uh, my my shows from now on will just be a compilation of sound effects I find amusing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like that? Yeah. I have one here called Ha Ha and Scram. Do you want to hear what that is? What's that? Oh, but you... <laughs> it's like a Looney Tunes commercial. I mean, uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> this is a very, very... Special here in Taiwan. Uh, you didn't know you were getting sound effects halfway I, through the show, nobody, did you? I don't think anybody did. It's pretty exciting. So uh, why don't we start off with our show today? Shall yeah. we get into it? Sure. Okay, so the Golden Horse Awards, uh, as you rightly said earlier, it is the Oscars of the Chinese uh, speaking cinema world. Yeah. That's right. Um, 
I, I'm assuming you've watched the awards at some point before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's award season. I think what does award season overlap with American award season in ta- uh, in Taiwan at least? Like Taiwan and American award season? No, actually, not at all. Because uh, the Oscars are usually the like February, late February, right. early March. Sounds about right. And I actually do. I help out with the translations, or I have many years in a row. Um, do you for, still do? I didn't last year. I'm not sure what happened with that, but I definitely did it for many years. Oh, wow. Um, and so, we would sit there watching the show in English, and then we would create the translation for the audience later that evening in How Taiwan. How much time do you have to uh, to just decide on the translation? Because it goes out live. It comes in live here. Well, they do a, they do a, like a simultaneous tra- translation, mm-hmm. like on the spot with people listening through mm-hmm. headphones and, and speaking to the best that they can. But then actually for the, the replay at night, yeah. so it's, it is a full like 12 hours later, 10 hours later, yeah. we, pr- we provide the translation for everything, even the little clips from the movies that they show. Uh, in the jokes, the music, the lyrics, everything that happens in the show That's gets an translated. Insane endeavor. The hardest one was Seth MacFarlane that oh. year. There were too many double entendres. Seth MacFarlane, he's a he's a character. He is a character, man. So, uh, what I want to tell you about today is the big awards that went up uh, over the weekend. Now, the big winner of the evening was a romantic comedy called My Missing Valentine. Ooh. Unfortunately, that's one of the few movies I have not seen yet. Um, but it looks very funny. It looks Some, super cute. Something for you to look forward to then. Something for me to look forward to. I think it's what we all need right now in the time of pandemic is some light entertainment. Yeah. Uh, it is a distraction, which this provides. Um, and this one, best uh, feature film, best director, best original screenplay, uh, and two other awards. The oh, biggest wow. winner of the night. That's a huge winner. Huge winner. Took home, took, that's like seven? Five. Five. Yeah, five awards out of 11 that it was nominated for, um, but still pretty special. Another one uh, that actually had a ton of awards was a, a movie that I have seen, mm-hmm. which is called Dear Tenant. It is one of two major LGBTQ IA plus exclamation mark movies. What's the Chinese name called? It is called Tina de Fangke. Okay, no, I don't know that one. So, uh, this was a great movie. Basically, the gist of it is that the main character is a gay guy called, uh, I don't know his name. He's played by an actor called Mozi. Mm-hmm. Um, who actually won Best Actor for his role in that movie. So, he had a partner. Uh, the partner died, uh, had a kid. The, and then after the partner died, then he actually ended up taking care of the kid. Oh, wow. Without having any familial relationship uh, and living in the apartment where he and his partner had lived previously. Mm. But then the brother of the guy that passed away came back and was questioning the role that this man had in his nephew's life. When was it set, this movie? Modern day. Set okay. in modern day. Uh, now, the woman who plays the mother of the deceased partner uh, is played by Chen Shufang, yeah. and she won for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. But what is nuts, and this is just really incredible, I've never seen this happen ever, is the same actress. Okay, you have the picture. She's 81 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been in the movie industry in Taiwan for 63 years. Yeah. Never been nominated before. Never even walked the red carpet at the Golden Horse Awards. She was nominated for like two or three categories. Mm-hmm. She picked up both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress for two different movies. I mean, that's how you do it. I mean, no, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, that's how you want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel, feel bad for all the amazing other actresses that were nominated in both those categories. But really, it was just such a charming story. And she was lovely to watch yeah. in the movies and on stage accepting the award. I remember uh, watching her acceptance speech and she was just like, I'm 81 years old. This is a really heavy uh, award. It's just, yeah, because it was physically heavy, mm. you know, and uh, it's funny, one of the actresses, they cut to one of the actresses sitting in the in the audience in, in one of the front rows, and she's like, give it to me, I'll hold it was for you. Was that Vivian? I don't remember which actress okay. it was. Yeah, but it was super funny, super cute, very gracious. All the other actresses were very gracious. Uh, I mean, if you're going to lose, you want to lose to somebody who's... Got their chops. You got their chops. She's a veteran. She's a great actress uh, and definitely deserved the award mm. for... I mean, at least one of them, probably both of them. I haven't seen both of the films. Um, but that was kind of the big story of the night. I don't know if there's access to the Taiwanese movies as much in, uh, outside of Taiwan. Like, I don't know if our listeners can fill us in on that. Yeah, do let us know. We'd love to hear from you and hear, you know, what is the access like? I know that um, Dear X, which won big at the, uh, the Golden Horses last year, um, I think it was last year, is available on Netflix. Dear X. Yeah, it's called Seishin um, Aisantada. Oh, no, that's sounds like a very Taiwanese movie. Excellent movie. Another, actually another LGBTQ movie. Oh. Um, which won for, I believe, Best Actress, um, maybe Best Film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, great movies coming out from, you know, Taiwan. Again, it, it was really interesting actually to see the Golden Horse Awards because right. people were not wearing um, masks uh, on the red carpet. People were wearing masks in the audience. They all had the black Golden uh, Horse Film Festival ones. Oh, yeah, ones. the very nice uh, limited edition ones. Super cool. Super cool. Super cool. Um, people who were nominated would take them off so that the camera could film them while mm. they were responding to who won. And then whoever went up on stage, everybody on stage was not wearing masks. Yeah. But again, this is probably one of the only places in the world where you can actually do that, you know, safely. Um so, yeah, super great to see that. Um, Ang Lee, of course, the uh, Oscar-nominated double, two-time Oscar-winning director. It's for Life of Pi yep. and Brokeback Mountain. That's, That's right. right. Uh, he was here. He was the chairman of the um, the film festival, or the film awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been for several years now and will be for several I years mean, more. he is the big cheese in the Taiwanese film industry. Like, we are talking about an Oscar-winning, Oscar-winning. Oscar-winning. Yes, director. And, you know, and he's had uh, best films as well. Yeah. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon one, yeah. of course. Um, you know, Life of Pi the Great. Uh, but he uh, he's a beloved figure here in Taiwan. He had to do quarantine for 14 days. Um, and when he came out, he said he was so moved by this year's awards in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll be featuring that in uh, the news today. You, a little clip of him doing that. We'll upload the video as well uh, shortly so you can uh, check that out. So uh, that is what the Golden Horse Awards look like Neat. this year. All right, so we have a couple more people who are writing in now. Yeah. Jen Dolari says, I used to get movies from Taiwan, China, and Hong Kong at an Asian market, but they weren't always the award-winning stuff in the 80s and 90s. I don't think there was a lot of award-winning <laughs> stuff in the 80s and 90s, just to... Oh. I don't know, Ho Xiaoxian, Timing the Young. Okay, yeah. yeah there was. Uh, I remember a really funny Chen Yao Fat movie. Ah, I love Chen Yao Fat. Uh, where Chow Yan Fat. Two, two women and tries to keep them apart. The nice thing is they tend to have English subtitles burnt in. Do you, do you know what movie that is? 
No. Um, it sounds familiar. Chow Yun Fat. Yeah, he's that known sounds... for like the god of gamblers. He was the he was the lead in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. That is right. He was. He was. That's right. Oh, he's he's such an iconic character. And the thing is, like, the thing is, he's he's a comedy. He he he's in a lot of uh, comedies. Mm-hmm. But he's such a nice guy in real life. Like, you can't imagine him trying to marry two women in real life. No. He and his wife are like so in love. They are like. Hong Kong's favorite couple, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So tell us about drones. Okay. Uh, this is the part where you get to drone on and on. This is where I get to drone. I'm going to drone on and on. You ask and I'll deliver. Uh, uh, please. And I'll deliver. Okay. <laughs> deliver. Because, oh! And I say this is about delivery, oh! because this is about delivery drones and Chunghua Telecom, which is one of the largest, um, like, uh, they're, they're one of the tele- biggest telecom companies in, the, in Taiwan, at mm-hmm. least. They are going to start delivering things by uh, UAV. Oh, which is uh, uh, drone vehicles. Ooh. Now we've seen concepts like this in the states with like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon's starting to experiment with like delivering your package using a drone. And but in Taiwan, I never thought they really had a need because Taiwan is so logistically well well said. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can order something on the internet and it'll come to you in six hours. Oh, have that's you, just nuts, man! Have you ever had that experience? That gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I've never had that experience. I'm not sure I want it. Like, well, at my last job, I was in the office and then I was just like, "Oh, you got a someone got a package," and they're like, "Wow, it's already here!" They're like, "No way!" <laughs> I'm like, "What's going on?" They're like, "I ordered this in the morning, man. And it was like 2 p.m." I've had 24-hour service, and that blew my mind. Yeah, 24-hour service. It be like it blows my mind all the time. I think what the, we should record this in like maybe five, ten years from now. We should play back to ourselves and be like twenty four hours. We waited that long. Yeah, like, nuts. There's gonna be teleporters. No, like this, no. that's gonna be the the, uh, the teleporter show. It's Oof. gonna be like Andrew. Do you remember when we talked about drones? Well, I got <laughs> teleporters for you now. And um, so what happened is they're going to actually try and deliver to isolated areas because, like I said, infrastructure in Taiwan is not that big of a trouble, except when you get to the mountains and oh. then. Like Taiwan is what eighty five percent mountain. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, the whole backbone of Taiwan yeah. is mountain. Yeah. So like the parts that aren't mountain, they're very well integrated with one another. The parts that are mountain, they're a little more problematic. They're also integrated with one another, but like in a mountain sort of in a, way. In the way mountains yeah, are in the way that mountains <laughs> integrate with one another. Lots of nature. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the drones are going to be carried up to twenty kilograms at a time, which is about forty pounds. Wait, are they really doing this? They're they're they're, they're starting trial runs. Is what is what's going on. Okay, but yeah. they're gonna have to like they're gonna have to like go around airports. There are a lot of they like have to. places on the they map where you're I mean, not allowed to do this. Right now, they're working on it for uh, like Xiaoliuzhou Island. So like okay. some of the outlying islands. I don't know if they're if that means they're gonna s- let the drones take off from Taiwan proper <sighs> and then have it fly over the sea to that sounds like a great way to lose mail man that sounds like a great way that to lose just, a drone yeah that sounds like a great way to just lose all those letters to santa every year Ooh, you know no. just flying out the bag of a drone can you imagine like you order something what's something you might order online uh beef jerky and your beef jerky ends up in the ocean <laughs> yeah that's not that's a happy a, day there's enough sodium in there as it is yeah you, you know? don't need that yeah. you don't need salt water uh and there so they're, they're also talking about doing it in tainan which is a big agricultural area the drones carried five ki- kilogram shipments of peaches <laughs> from farms uh in the district to uh to, to a post office whoa and 
what is usually a 90-minute truck route took 15 minutes. Whoa. Can you believe that? Whoa. That's amazing. But here's the, the million-dollar questions. Jason Stevens from mm. Melbourne, Australia says, can they bring me Hu Bing from Raha Market? I mean, all the way to Australia? That might take a couple days. I mean, that's going to be all cold by the time it gets to you, man. Oh. You don't want a cold Hu Bing. I mean, granted, those Raha Market uh, Hu Bing, there are lava hot i, I like your style hot. that is it that is a that is one of the things i would want yeah i'd want and, and you know we could work with that i think a day old who jumping we could uh a pepper we should say pepper pork cake uh-huh. uh with crispy like outside dough yum yum oh. uh i could definitely work with that if it's less than 24 hours i would stick that in an oven you yeah. know if it's high enough altitude maybe it'll just freeze on the way maybe over freeze. <laughs> save it's, costs on freezing yeah so this is good this might become a reality but it looks like it's just going to be for outlying areas jason stevens says he can live with uh, a, a day old um rauha t- t- like pork pepper cake from a mar- night market in taiwan uh if we freeze it on the way i mean that's not much better than what i usually do anyway on the weekends oh yeah wait drones <laughs> no not drones but like you know over overnight night market food oh yeah yeah that sounds very familiar that's um, all i'm saying hi from ashik kashkali Oh, I'm saying it better this time. Uh, from Cindy Radio Listeners Club, Nawab Shah Sind Aslam O Alaikum DJ Nicer Show. Salam to all listeners. Oh. Salam to you as well. What do you want sent to you most by drone? Yeah, um, what do you want something sent to you by drone? If we could send you something to Taiwan from Taiwan by drone. What would you like? What would it be? What would you want us to send you? I mean, knowing our listeners is probably QSL cards. Well, no, I think if we're going to send anything, they might be like... Mm. A little bit of kid, kizash. Yeah, kizash. Um, so, so are they going to be doing this? Are they going to be doing drones? Is this going to happen? They're just, they're, they're test running it right now. Test running. Whether or okay. not it's going to become more widespread, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Ministry of Transportation is getting involved. Mm-hmm. And they're trying... And the Ministry of Transportation wants this to happen. They want more commercial use of drones. Mm. But um, I think something like this, it's going to take a while to implement. It's going to overcome the challenges of the sea because Taiwan has a lot of outlying islands and the waters around Taiwan are pretty treacherous. Treacherous? So if you could just fly right over it, why not? Why not? I Cost right. is an issue. Um, costs were higher than... Sometimes, like, the costs are higher than what they're transporting. Because of all the lost drones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got to get some of that drone insurance. Drone insurance costs a lot. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Oh, that that is a good point you have there. Yeah, so let us know. What do you want us to send you via drone? Uh, I should preface, we're not actually going to do that. Um, But maybe we'll send you something by mail. What would you like? (laughs) Ooh, yeah, let us know. Okay, Leslie, uh, we have a story here. Almost half of Taiwanese adults are overweight. Yeah, apparently. So apparently this is um, coming out of the Taipei Times that uh, almost half of Taiwanese... Like, do you think of Taiwan as a place with overweight people? Because I... Well, then again, you and I are from the States where, what, 30% of the population is obese? Yes, that is true. Not just overweight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... um, And just to preface this, we like people of all sizes. We are not sizist here. Mm. Uh, We love all of our listeners of different body sizes. This is just... Yeah. So, the Health Promotion Administration, which I guess is a government agency, is... uh, They say the level of obesity among Taiwanese has reached a record high, citing a study released last year that said 47.97% of adults were overweight 47.97 percent yeah 
That's 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 surprising. They're to saying me. eating yeah. habits are a major reason for the increase, and uh, a lot of because of there's a habit of drinking sugary beverages, mm. and often share excessively large meals with family and friends. The thing is, though, mm. I think it's arrogant to say Taiwan is uh, a culturally like a food centric culture mm. because everybody says their culture is food centric, right? Yes, this is very so, true. So the thing is. I don't know if it's any more food centric than any than other cultures out there, but we definitely do have a lot of food. And growing up with my grandma, who was a down home Taiwanese like Minnan woman, oh, she, uh-huh. she I'm sorry, I heard nun woman. I was Minan, like, she's a nun. Minan, <laughs> nun, 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 How did that nun. work? <laughs> um, she definitely put a lot of soy sauce, a lot of sugar, a lot of salt, a lot of. You know, very she she didn't hold back on the flavor is what I'm saying. Andrew. Don't hold back, yes. And um, you can see how stuff like that really adds to your waistline. It it can. I think the sugary drinks are the big thing, though. I yeah. think that's a really really huge thing because a lot of people use the sugary drinks as a way to kind of um, you know wait out to right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a hard day. It's been well. We're in the middle of a pandemic you know why, why you know, not it's, you know we all work hard like lots of things happen in the world so why not treat yourself and taiwan is also the boba capital of the world and you know you got to take pride in what you do right so when you do that mm-hmm. you uh that makes it hard that makes it super hard when you're so good at boba and then you have to tell yourself you can't actually have it well think about some of the other food that that that's so good like i could list off so many things in Taiwan. like watch me go andrew you got crispy fried chicken you got stinky tofu which is one of my favorites. Not a lot of favorites by other people. I love that. I had it last night. Yeah. Love stinky You got tofu. like soy braised luwei and stuff oh, like no. that. And you got the hu jiaoping that he was talking about. Oh, did I mention right. Did I mention popcorn chicken already? You did not. Because I'm going to do it a second time. Please On all do. the breakfasts, you got the egg pancakes with the scallion pancakes. And then you also got uh, the dumplings. Not just that. Like you can get them steamed or you can get them pot sticker style. And the Am I going to have to cut you off? You might have to because I can keep going. You still got... Like I didn't even go to the carbs yet. Like I we're can go to the noodles. Oh, the we're not noodles. even talking about drones anymore. And he's no, still droning. The pork chops, the, <laughs> the, the, the pork rice. Okay, stop. Okay. Like, where are you going with this, Leslie? No, like <laughs> in circles apparently, but now I'm going to just drive my own self into a hunger. Oh, no. It's funny that you mention all these things because uh, Jen Delari, responding to our last question, what would you want us to send you oh. by a drone from, uh, from Taiwan to your country? She says, what I would like from Taiwan, yeah, I would love a QSL card, but I don't know. Maybe some of the famous Yongha soy milk breakfasts I see on YouTube. Yeah. Like, if we could find a way to make that survive. Ooh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. She says she's re- rethinking that with the overweight story we're hearing now. See, we need to stop talking about that. I'm sorry, but like Yongha soy milk is another like household name, right? Household name. Okay, I'm sorry, because Jason Stevens is like, stop, I'm drooling. I just gained 10 kilos. <laughs> I, I could keep going. I really could. Uh, so what are we going to do about this? What's the problem here? Um, I mean, I guess we understand why... Uh, people are probably more likely to be overweight than they were, you know, 10 years ago. The obesity rate has increased steadily since 2009 when 38% of adults were overweight. Um, last year's study included data on 4,280 people throughout Taiwan. I guess they scaled it up. Mm, and, yes. Uh, but, you know, I will say this. Taiwan has pretty stringent uh, standards when it comes to, like, body weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not universal. Okay, so people are assessed differently depending on where the, you live and what the standards are in your country. Yeah, I believe so because when I study, when I got my health checkup in Taiwan, 
the suggested weight that I got in Taiwan was vastly different than the one I got in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? They're just like you. Like here, they were just like you are probably fifty, sixty pounds overweight. But mm. in in the states, you're just like you're about twenty pounds overweight. So let me ask you this, because mm. I know that you've actually had a dramatic weight loss yeah. in the past year. Yeah. Um, for you, was it about? Um, pounds or was it more about being healthy like what was the impetus for your weight loss um i it it just came down to i wasn't as healthy as i thought i was Mm. so when i got a health checkup and they told me it was like yeah you're not doing too well that was kind of like a wake wake up call it's just like all right what i've been doing in the past hasn't really worked so it's really just time to put the take the nonsense out and just do it you know everybody has a different body size and different body type if you can be as healthy as you can be for you know your shape and size i think that's the most important thing right i gotta say um i never realized just how much of a difference it would make i'm how do you feel now great uh usually around this time of year i would be succumbing to major allergies major like flu sicknesses stuff like that yeah not happened once really you're not yet well that could also be because we're all wearing face masks that, right that too right I you don't want Sick this year either. You don't take that down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. Stay tuned. Much more ahead on RTI for our radio listeners. And uh, stay tuned to after the show for people watching live. We'll continue this. Show. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. In this week's show, we're going to be talking about a news TV station trying to renew its broadcasting license. Sounds boring, doesn't it? But in reality, people have been watching this renewal process for a long time. Why? Because the TV station in question is called CTI News. They're known for being quite outlandish and outspoken, and most importantly, they're pro-China, which runs contrary to the policy of the current administration of Taiwan. In fact, during Taiwan's most recent presidential election, this news station became somewhat notorious for giving a lot of skewed coverage to one of the candidates. Anyway, these are all details that we'll get into during this week's Hashtag Taiwan coming up next. Don't go away. In a previous episode of Taiwan Insider, Andrew Ryan broke down political leanings of Taiwan's biggest media outlets. Today, our story will focus on one of those outlets, the TV station on the far right, CTI News. CTI is on the blue end of the spectrum. That means it supports the opposition KMT. But notice it also has a red star. That's because CTI is pro-China. CTI is owned by the Wang Wang Group, which also owns the China Times newspaper. The chairman of Wang Wang is Tsai Yanming, a businessman who's very politically active and advocates for China-Taiwan unification. CTI was criticized during Taiwan's presidential election for giving disproportionate coverage to the KMT candidate Han Guoyu. Taiwan's National Communications Commission says CTI dedicated as much as 70% of its airtime to the pro-China candidate. CTI's coverage on Han Guori wasn't the only thing that NCC took issue with. In July 2019, it fined CTI 51,000 US dollars for disseminating fake news and not having proper fact-checking measures in place. In recent months, CTI has been in the spotlight because its broadcasting license is set to expire on December 11th. That meant the company needed to renew its license with the NCC. 
In the past, renewing a license was a matter of doing paperwork. However, for the first time ever, the NCC held a public hearing for whether or not to renew CTI's license. On Wednesday, the NCC announced that its seven commissioners voted unanimously not to renew CTI's license. The NCC said that CTI had a poor record during its last license period. CTI was responsible for more than 30% of all the complaints it received for television channels. It went on to say that CTI infringed on the NCC's rules 25 times over the past six years, 23 of which resulted in fines totaling 400,000 US dollars. One of the reviewers pointed out that CTI does not have the mechanisms in place to reply to viewer complaints. Furthermore, CTI has been fined multiple times for the same offenses, meaning their internal review system is lacking. I think it's important to mention President Tsai Ing-wen's administration advocates Taiwanese sovereignty, so they're at odds with CTI. Many speculate that the NCC's decision to shut down CTI was political revenge. Immediately following the announcement, CTI News posted this to its Facebook page. It says, the Thai administration has shut down CTI News. Freedom of press is dead. Rick Lin responded to that thread with, no need to worry that CTI is gone. We still have ET News and TVBS. If you're confused about that, then just go back to Andrew Ryan's chart. But some responses to Lin's comments say that both of those channels have switched allegiances. The KMT also responded on Facebook. It called on the NCC to give concrete reasons why it didn't renew the license for CTI News. It went on to say that the party is worried that CTI's closure is a slippery slope that will threaten freedom of press. The DPP said on Facebook that it will respect the decision of the NCC and emphasized that the commission is an independent government entity. The pro-independence Taiwan State Building Party posted this picture. Judging from the confetti, I'm sure you can tell how they feel about the issue. The NCC's announcement pretty much shuts down the station. But if we go back to Andrew Ryan's chart, we see that there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 other major news outlets in Taiwan. But let's be real, you only need one. Because that's where I am. Now, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Hashtag Taiwan. And as always, I encourage you to check out the original video, which you can find on the Taiwan Insider Facebook page or the Radio Taiwan International YouTube. Now, Taiwan Insider is a weekly news magazine produced by Radio Taiwan International. If you like Hashtag Taiwan, odds are you'll like Taiwan Insider. Anyway, until next week, I'm Leslie Liao. This is Status Update. Hi there, you're listening to Status Update, the show where we read your letters and uh, see what you think about our programs, and we interact with our listeners as well. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me this week, sitting in for Shirley Lin, we've got the legendary Leslie Liao. Yeah, I hope uh, our listeners can discern my voice and Shirley's <laughs> voice. Yes, uh, and Shirley, unfortunately, Shirley is in the hospital, so yeah. we wish her well and hope she gets better soon. All right, well, we always start off this show, though, with a look at what we've been up to. It's called Status Update. I say we update our status first. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So um, some coffee there. I got some coffee. I'm going to be needing it. I've been I've been at the office quite late a few uh, this past week. I see you posting on Facebook all the time. You're like competing with yourself to set a record. It looks. Oh like. yeah. Like <laughs> how close can I get to being here at 2 a.m.? Do you You're, have? Are you like the phantom of the office of the, of the RTI? Yeah. Um, I played a joke on one of our coworkers. Uh, it was at ele- around 11 p.m. and I got out of the elevator and she's like, "What are you still doing here?" I was like, "Don't you know I live here?" <laughs> and then that's how I found out there's a shower in the office. Did you know that, John? 
There was a shower in the office? Yeah, she was just like, oh, so are you going for a shower right now? I'm like, wait, there's a shower here? There are mysterious staircases. I know that. There's a gym also. It's not real. I mean, that's a that's a bit of a generous term. There's a it's gym a few ten, weights. 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the equipment looks nice, but like it would have been nice 15 years ago. It's very... Well, if you want to do some basic exercises, I guess it's it's a sufficient. Yeah. But then again, it's nothing shower, you can't though. do in the office, like calisthenics. <laughs> I knew there was a, a VIP karaoke room that's never used. Um, I think... Does this still have karaoke? They may have stripped it of its karaoke <laughs> function. I don't know. But we do have lots of mysteries here. I'm thinking about that, though, because I recently saw The Phantom of the Opera, which How came was in that? Um, so I was wondering if you wander around at night with half your face covered <laughs> with a mask. You know, you're giving me some great ideas. But at the same time, like being in this building alone in the middle of the night gives you some heebie-jeebies. What, what's it? Why? It's um, not haunted, I don't think. I don't think so. But like some of the ways like that... The, the lights turn off automatically, and then they turn on like when there's someone walking through it. It's a motion detector, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes it's a little delayed, so you're just like, uh-oh. <laughs> I have been caught in the elevator here one time, but that was my fault because I forgot that um, there was a typhoon going on outside, and we lost power. How long were you in there for? Um, about five minutes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I, I don't. Was... You'll notice I don't take the elevator anymore. So. That's why. That's a good but, reason. Uh, no, the the show was great. Have you seen it before? I I was very young. I used to live in New York, and my my family claimed they took me to see Phantom of the Opera. I do remember Cats, but not so much Phantom of the Opera. Cats, I think, leaves. An impression. Yeah, with, with all the eye, with um, the actors' of, eyes. I imagine for young kids, it's terrifying, but... <laughs> it, it was something else, man. Like, it was that in the Blue Man Group. <laughs> wow, you had such a cultured childhood. I, didn't yeah, I wouldn't know. say it's very cultured. I mean, the Blue Man Group, there was a lot of toilet paper involved. Oh, I've, I've only ever seen them splashing each other. There you go. Okay. Like, at one point, they have... Um, uh, toilet paper dispensers drilled into the ceiling, and you're just like, toilet paper in the ceiling? What's that all about? And then one of the Blue Men, they just like... Huh? They, they slap they it and it down. comes down oh, on the wow. person who is under. Wow. I, I get that. I'm I imagining since COVID, they don't do that anymore. It's too valuable. To oh, toilet paper? Like yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a commodity but, in some places. Uh, we're lucky we, that we can still have this sort of theater. Taipei is not like the West End or Broadway by any means, but we do get touring shows coming through. And now we're the only place, it seems, that are... It's getting Yo Yo Ma came through. He did. I think he's still. Is he still? He's doing an island wide tour, huh? Oh, that's that's nice because usually we only Taipei gets the big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, then again, Yo Yo Ma is just like this is the only place in the world where I can have a show. Sure, sure. So and then um, the Phantom of the Opera is a twenty something show run, 22. right? Twenty two. So they're they're part of the way through. It's going till early December. Um, oh wow! I imagine that some of the performers will probably want to stay a bit a bit longer because what are they going to do when they get home? I would like, imagine no, too. There's nothing to do right now. They are cramming those 22 shows really tightly together. I thought they want to space them out. No, no, no. Um, I think they have multiple. Like they have the the leads change. I think. I mm. think they have to let their voice rest. Yeah, it's, they, it's... they take it in shifts. So. Oh. I think so. That's how they do it on Broadway, isn't it? That's actually that's that, that sounds about right. I mean, theoretically, right? If, if you're singing every night, like power notes for yeah. hours on end, you're going to do some damage. Yeah, that's that's that can't be good for you. It's not you, sustainable. That's a good. That's a good point. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you see, you got me thinking. And then there's also um, oh, there's another show called like um, 
Feet of Flames. Oh, the the, the Riverdance guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it the Riverdance guy? I think it is. I thought it was Riverdance, but then it was called Fleet of Fa- it, Feet of Flames. I was just like, huh. Riverdance. Is it a, is it a generic Riverdance? <laughs> it was like the, <laughs> the, like the, the store brand. brand. <laughs> Something like is that. It, that's in Taipei now? It, it's it's actually going to Hualien, I think. It's in like that's eastern an, Taiwan. That is an unusual place for an international show to head. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, And it's the biggest town around in that part of Taiwan, but it's a fairly rural area. Yeah, so I have no idea. I think um, all these international acts are coming to Taiwan as the only feasible place to do shows, and they're just divvying up right. the, um, the the performance venues. I mean, Taiwan has its share of performance venues. But yeah, the, the director of the Phantom of the Opera was interviewed, actually, mm. and he said that they have had to make some adjustments because our venues are enormous mm. compared to a Broadway theater. I mean, they're doing it in oh. the Taipei Arena, which is... Oh! It's like you could fit a... It's in the, like I thought stadium. it was going to be in the National Concert Hall or the no, National I Theater. Think, I think some of like the Disney concert. I, I saw something about the Little Mermaid in concert, but that's that's just the orchestra playing the oh, tunes. I thought Disney on Ice was coming to Taiwan. You got me excited. We don't have a lot of ice for that. I mean, we do have indoor ice rinks, I yeah. guess. But um, yeah, um, it was brilliant. It was brilliant, and uh, I thought everyone. I mean, really stunning. I've seen the show once many years ago when I was at university. It was a Baltimore show, so not one of the... It was probably touring around back then, too. Okay. And, yeah, I can't imagine living like that, though, like, for a career. I mean, it's hard enough on Broadway doing that, the brutal audition process. Yeah. The very stressful, you know tech weeks and all that and then you don't have to worry about because it's not a high school play whether the show will be successful or not yeah <laughs> it'll close after five days and then on top of that um ha- you know doing it night after night after night after night if it is successful very and, brutal on you and like you said they have to accommodate but, different stage sizes right, right. so but, but, but then to have to travel internationally like and never be in the same not just the same city but the same continent i imagine that too very often that has to be take its toll after a while i mean i'm the show i believe there was um like the cast members all did a quarantine in Taiwan. They did. They did. They had a very nice photo of them afterwards posing together. Yeah, Um, I remember that. So, yeah, hopefully everyone uh, goes and sees it. I've seen lots of promotion for it because it's a big deal. We don't get that sort of star-studded... 22 shows seems like a very long, like, like, we get our our, our share of tours, but 22 Hmm. shows is almost like a residency. Hmm. I actually can't remember... I think just because of COVID and the fact that I went to see it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in my consciousness. Yeah. I can't remember any other shows that we've gotten before this. Yeah. I know we do from time to time, but it's not like a regular thing, is it? Yeah. So it's like, um, no, I can't, I can't remember. I think, you, do you think this is just like a, a COVID type deal? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I hope to see like The Lion King or something. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That's always a a, a riot, a sensual assault. <laughs> oh, Hakuna Matata, that's my jam, man. <laughs> Hakuna Matata. I don't know. Um, yeah, we usually get the the more the experimental stuff tends to stay away, <laughs> but uh, the classic ones that you they are sure to turn out a crowd, they do show up. Taiwan does has its, has its, have it does have its share of like avant garde. That's local stuff, though. Yeah, that does, that's not really seen outside. That's not from coming in from Broadway or somewhere. Yeah, last week I went to like an art market exhibition, and it was just all avant garde. I don't know if I aged out of like modern art, John, or if I just never had the eye for it. I don't know. I've always uh, been perplexed by it myself, but same. Now, I heard you had some other, besides haunting our office, some other plans coming. Oh, up. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. It's that's actually going to be on the twenty. 20- Six of November. That's soon. Yeah, but in Taiwan we don't get the the, the no. Thanksgiving right. So it's either you do it the weekend 
late after or the weekend before? I always used to buy a pie. Oh, and just, and just like gorge myself. What and that kind was, of pie? Like there was none. None of the other traditional things were involved. It that's just, fine. Just, just pie. This, that's that's amazing. That sounds like a great way to spend a holiday. What kind of pie though? Like apple? Oh no, it has to be pecan. Chocolate pecan is Ooh, the only the only get... acceptable. There's a place that uh, does fantastic American pies here. Really? Yes. What's it called? Uh, the name evades me but okay. they 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 have not only a shop in the Nehu area they also have mobile vans that they'll occasionally show up really unpredictably and sell them out of the back of their van it's, <laughs> it's something something mom's oh goodness i can i can envision the uh cover but i didn't realize Taiwan was keen on pecan, pecan pie i don't know that we are but huh. you can buy it that's very interesting. If you know where to go in Taiwan, like if you even if you want like a pumpkin pie, it's almost like a seasonal thing. Yeah, um, people here are not into cinnamon. No, no, not so much, huh? So things that are very popular abroad, like pumpkin spice, for instance, oh, yeah. has never been tried here. It yeah. probably wouldn't work very well because people just don't care for that sort of rich. What what you and I might associate with autumn type of flavors. Pumpkin spice season is an entire thing in, uh, in yeah, the States. Yeah. But in Taiwan, they're just like, you want pump, pumpkin goes in soup, not in coffee. Right, right. That's you what they're going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, You don't carve it. You don't make add nutmeg to it either. Wow. A whole pie to yourself. Any ice cream, whipped cream? Oh, no, no, no. It's just pie. And how long does that last? Um, I'd rather not say. <laughs> just, okay. I mean... I, if if I had to put a time on it, like I could probably decimate a pie in half a day, I think. But it depends on how the pie is, the crust, right. crust integrity. What's interesting is they have Taiwanese takes on pie as well. Taro pie, for instance, which is a very Taiwanese ingredient. Oh. For those who don't know, it's a purplish tuber mm. almost um, with a vaguely sweet taste, very popular in Taiwanese pastries. And so they made pie out of it by turning it into a mashed paste. Huh. I guess that that would be, that would be uh, akin to like a sweet potato pie, right? Huh. So, what's your uh, Thanksgiving do entail? Um, well, it's just it's always going to be about the turkey. Taiwan actually has some pretty good turkeys. You'd be surprised. Jai is in the south is known for its turkeys. Yeah, um, but like I don't deal with with live turkeys because uh, turkeys are vicious. <laughs> um, in my at, at my school, I went to a farm school, John, and there was a turkey that would terrorize people <laughs> in downtown. Oh wow! Yeah, and he was he was notorious. Like he would he like some people would park their car, and this turkey would be waiting for them outside of the uh, the door outside of their car, That's and it would attack people. It was terrifying, but. You know, it's always just a regular affair: turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes. What's what? Um, Dude, I don't think a lot of the other stuff is difficult to find here. But. Yeah, <laughs> potatoes are a universal They're kind of yeah crop, right? <laughs> Worldwide popularity, so not an issue. Mac and cheese, you might have to use some of the local noodles, but I, you, it can I still even be buy done. them. Yeah. You can buy it if you know where to look. Um, but yeah, that's so. That's what we have been up to. That's our status. Now it's time to see yours. How yeah. you've been doing. Um, for, well, first of all, before we get into your emails and letters, uh, we'd like to encourage you to write to us. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And please remember that you can always find us on Facebook and YouTube. Please leave us a comment. All right. All right. What have we got in our mailbag today? Uh, we got a, a listener from Bangladesh uh, saying, Dear Concern, greetings from Bangladesh. This is from a Mr. Mafuz. I hope I am 
pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he says, hopefully you are safe and doing well during the COVID-19 pandemic situation. I am also fine by the grace of Almighty Allah. Oh, wow. Um, Islamic friend. Mm -hmm. um, due to my sickness and some unavoidable circumstances, I was not able to continue my dosing in the last couple months as a result i have not updated frequency chart of your broadcast oh wow i think we did do some adjustments lately yeah but, uh hopefully well if you tune in at the end of our program we announce all of them so yeah you can uh check in with that i do hope this person is doing quite uh doing okay i mean um you know radio charting should be should play second to the health of any sure. individual well look surely i mean she yeah. she as dedicated as she is um, it's important to take care of yourself yes. so don't worry about that uh, it's good to hear though that you are back on track and listening in again yeah as they say so request to you please send update broadcast frequency in my post below postal address thanks and for your nice cooperation as always warm regards mr mafaz wow we have a letter here from Siddhartha Bhattacharjee. it says here that uh uh, this is a report about our November 19th broadcast from 1600 to 1700 hours UTC on 6185 kilohertz. Uh, the rating in terms of reception quality was fours across the board, which is fairly good. Um, it says, good signal today. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. It says here, I submit my audio file of your radio broadcast. I mm. hope it will help you. And there are uh, a few uh, questions here for us. Okay. Uh, one is, what is the ethnic dress of your minority communities and which minority communities has less population in your country? Taiwan currently has 16 officially recognized indigenous groups. Yes. They vary in size. Each of It's kind of hard to say because each of them, even over different areas, has uh, clothed, traditional clothing that can be quite different. Um, I would say, uh, to give you a few examples, though, uh, the Paiwan people are known for wearing uh, clothing that has a black base, and they often uh, put on uh, different beads in oh. colors that are – the color palette's usually black, yellow, orange, green, and the Rukai wear similar clothing. Um, meanwhile, the Amis people who live on the East Coast, for example, they have a lot of fringe yeah, and very like. I'm not sure if this is traditional or not, but very like rainbow colors. Is, is that, are they the ones with the red base? Some of them. I, okay. It depends. Again, uh, the Atayal people have a much uh, simpler palette. It's kind of they kind of drape something mm. over them, and that's sort of white with a uh, 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 often uh, diamond shaped patterns that are said to symbolize the eyes of the ancestors. Oh wow! So, which has a less population in your country? They all are probably under a. Definitely under 100,000. Yeah. Some of them only a few hundred. So yeah. it depends. Uh, it says, thanks once again. Be safe and fight against the coronavirus. Hope all your staff are safe. Now in our country, we're going into a lock, uh, an unlock phase five to normalize human life and fight against the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, it also says here, please give me a chance to become a monitor of your radio station. And it says, I will be grateful if you would do that. Uh, so the address has been changed also, he notes. So thank mm. you for letting us know that. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do for yeah. you. Uh, that comes to us once again from Siddhartha Bhattacharji. All right. I got one from a Ratan Kumar Paul who's writing to us from West Bengal, India. Uh, he has given us the quality of our broadcast between November 8th and November, November 14th. How are we doing? Uh, on the first day, four is across the, uh, four across the board. Good. That's good. Three, second day, three across the board, fair. And then for the next three days after that, four across the board. And then three across the board after that, which is fair. And then last day is four across the board, which oh, good. is good. We didn't fall below three. That's good yeah. to know. <laughs> I mean... 
I mean, does that happen? Because I know you oh, would yeah, truly yeah, yeah. do. Oh, really? Oh, sure. Especially uh, in regions that we're not broadcasting to. But there is there are good days and bad days in the world of shortwave. It depends okay. on the, your local weather conditions and so forth. Whether there's interference from other stations. Gotcha. Um, from West Bengal, India. Mm-hmm. We have a number of listeners in the area. Yeah, we do. We do. But like India is a pretty geographically large area, huh? Uh, we have a especially large number from there. Assam, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. You should you should join the show more often. You'll hear more from our listeners. I, I used to. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know. We used to get. Uh, I, I covered for you when you went back to the states for a little oh, bit, really? and we saw. I think we we had letters from Poland, the Netherlands, Japan, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. You should join us more often, like I said. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, that does it for today's edition of Status Update. Once again, you can write to us at PO Box one two three one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Write us an email at rti.org.tw, or send us a like on Facebook or a comment on YouTube. I'm John Van Trias. and I'm Leslie Liao. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.